0: You're listening to the Real Estate Runway podcast powered by Quattro Capital, where we are all about alternative business and investment strategies to help you amplify life and maximize wealth. Here's your host, the recovering engineer turned multifamily investor, Chad Sutton. All right, Real Estate Runway, today we're going to have a very special guest on the show, Mr. Jason Wright of Intentionally Inspirational. What's cool about Jason, is he actually has a value proposition for building sales and marketing funnels intentionally designed for real estate investors. So what most of us fail to realize is we are in sales. Every business is nothing more than marketing and innovation. And if you're not marketing to your clients, your clients being your investors, you're not, you're not actually creating an offer to sell them, which is, you know, the deal that they come into, you're missing the mark, you know? And so we're going to get into that whole idea. We're going to talk a little bit about, about, about tools that he uses for those sales and marketing funnels and just kind of talk through the process a little bit so you can kind of start to visualize this. We'll also give you a way to connect with Jason if you'd like to seek out his services. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. But as a reminder, if you get any value out of the show, please scroll down, leave us that five star review and thoughtful comment. Those ratings are worth their weight in gold to increase the reach of the show so we appreciate you for that you can also follow us via our parent company on instagram facebook and linkedin at team quattro capital one word no special characters or by visiting us at thequattroway.com we love all of you all of our listeners drop us a note podcast at thequattroway.com if you'd like to reach out or give us a topic request or some feedback or just say hello and if you want to apply to be on the show please reach out at thequattroway.com slash podcast to apply. And now, onto your scheduled production. All right, all right, all right. Real Estate Runway family, welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Runway podcast. I'm your host, Chad Sutton, and I'm joined today with the man, Jason Wright, of Intentionally Inspirational. Jason, how are we today? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And I guess we were just talking about raise Fest here in a couple of weeks, so by the time this drops, Race Fest will have already been concluded so hopefully all of you have your tickets and have been to race fest it is a phenomenal thing that hunter thompson puts on a lot of good thought leaders so but you'll be joining us there as well will you not
1: oh yeah i'll be in attendance and uh, i get the privilege of speaking on a panel as well so i'm real real excited about that and for a change
0: it's only a two-hour drive i don't have to fly across the country anything really crazy to get there so that's always a good thing You know, that never happens. I think I've been to one conference or one gathering and it was in Atlanta, Georgia, but it was a four hour drive. So that was about the best I've ever had. So good deal. Good deal. Well, Jason, before we get into, you know, talking about intentionally inspirational and why we as real estate investors need to be conscientious about our sales and marketing funnel and properly designing thereof, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, where where did you come from? What got you into this space? And you know, who made Jason the Jason we know today?
1: It's a good question. It's funny because people always want to say, was this the plan? No, none of this is a plan. All this was an accident, a happy accident. So I started this company about seven years ago, man. I didn't know what I was going to do. The company's called Intentionally Inspirational because I thought it was going to be a motivational speaker. And quickly I realized at that time, I don't like getting on stage and uh, nobody knows I exist. There's no money in this. So what am I going to do? Well, anyway, I started uh, dabbling with making money online and I actually got started writing Craigslist, believe it or not, and Upwork and some things like that. And started blogging about quitting the nine to five and kind of felt like an imposter because I hadn't done so myself. But fast forward, quit corporate America twice, failed really bad the first time. Really, really bad. And I was just obsessed with trying to get some control of my time, man. I don't like people telling me what to do and I don't like driving all the time for work and not being compensated for it. So that's what got me out of this journey. Upwork was really the platform that gave me the proving ground to see that there was a demand for digital marketing. It used to be very broad. I would do anything, anything in the world for money, legally and ethically with digital marketing. And then over time I figured out, Hey, I don't really want to do Facebook ads for people or, Hey, I don't want to work in the L-chimp. So I just, I whittled it down and about five years ago it became a sales funnel focused. I can thank ClickFunnels and Russell Brunson for that. So learned a ton. And then fast forward to last January, I was actually in LA with Hunter at his event out there with IIREC back then. And I spoke and he said, uh, after I spoke, he said, hey man, uh, something to think about. He said, if I'm you, I'm kind of active campaign focus. You should consider being the, the capital raiser active campaign guy because there's nobody doing it. Nobody would do it the way you you do it so thought about it made a hard pivot to that and it was been the best decision i've ever made in my life so arriving at where i'm at now is was never the plan i was always willing to pivot so there's the long-winded high-level intro for
0: it wasn't long-winded enough i could listen to that story all day i I love when you when you stumble into you know avoided space that needs a person so Yeah, This is fantastic. And folks listening, you know, and Jason, just so you know, we're talking to a mixture of operators and capital raisers and, you know, LP investors as well. So if we divert this a little bit towards those who are intending on raising capital, and if you do any sort of syndication work, you're probably going to need to raise capital at some point in your career. So thinking about the fact that at some point you're going to get big enough to where your capital needs cannot be met. By showing up at a couple of events on Saturday night and by shaking a few hands, you're going to have to actually put in place a proper sales and marketing funnel in order to prep leads, condition leads, and eventually transition the right calls to your calendar to make sure your close rate goes up. So I'm really looking forward to getting into that a little bit. And so talk to me as if I'm fresh because Jason, I am not a sales and marketing guy. I am an acquisition specialist. I know how to put deals together. And as as we discussed, you'll meet a couple of my partners who do spend time on this side at, uh, at Ray's Masters as well. But what's the first thing we need to know about you know being a real estate investor and this whole idea around having a sales and marketing strategy? Where do we start?
1: I mean, one thing that seems to overwhelm a lot of people, and I have this conversation every single week in and out, which is a good thing. I really do enjoy it. But my like, number
0: you know, 13,492,
1: or what What am I? <laughs> I'm not sure, but it's definitely more than one. So, uh, all right, go ahead. Is, Sorry, man. No, no worries. Having the same conversation all the time, um, it really gives me this like great fly-in-the-wall insight to the mindset and the struggles that things people in the industry are having. And I, I'm speaking most specifically to capital raisers. So, I'm an LP myself. I get it. This is really focused on. The capital raising piece but what i'm thinking about what i'm gonna talk about is it is universal in all businesses but the sales funnel can get very overwhelming for people so i like to make it simple by saying think about your marketing just like any relationship in your life you care about and okay? when i met my wife carmen i didn't see her in college You go man i need to i need a wife her today hey what's your name carmen you want to get married that's not how it happened right if she said yes, she's probably not the one I'd want to marry anyway, right? It's kind of a red flag. So the point is there is a getting to know you, period, with any relationship and face-to-face relationship. care about, the same exists online. So what we focus on and what we help with is what happens after people join your list, because that's actually the most important part. It's not just about what you mentioned earlier about getting them on that call. That's just the beginning of something new. What happens down the road if we can get people you know, in that case to invest over and over and over, you get these people to invest and then they start bringing friends. When you build raving fans as clients and as customers, that's the sweetest reward there is. So it's thinking about marketing as you would think about relationships. So touch points matter, right? If somebody move, new moves in across the street from me and I speak to them once and they'll talk to them for a year and I go ask them for a favor, it's probably not going to go well. They're going to be like, I oh, don't know you bro, get out of here. Right? Now I would say the same thing to them, but If we talk once a week or every day in the summer, whenever we see them, even if it's small talk, those touch points lead to trust. Maybe we like each other. Maybe we can borrow, you know, milk and eggs from each other over time. So the same stuff from a high level really applies in marketing. And a mistake that I made early on as an entrepreneur, I focused on the stuff that didn't matter up front. Most people do this. I see this every week. They focus on branding and colors and Social media, they do all that stuff because that's what they think's right. And I always say to people, say, Hey Chad, you got a beautiful Instagram account. What does that do for you? What happens next? Right? Where do people go? And a lot of people will do that. They don't even have a website. They're like, I don't know. I didn't I didn't think about that. Okay. You got traffic. You know who you're trying to target. Where are they going to go? You get them to a website, they go there. What happens next? Well, they get on my newsletter, okay. Once they opt in, then what? So if you think about it in the reverse order and you think about the journey and what the relationship's going to look like, then you work backwards and say, "What kind of language do I need to use to attract my ideal person?"
0: then order do I got fun more or if you work backwards, it actually becomes much easier and much more effective as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and so really what you're getting at is you know a lot of early entrepreneurs will will struggle more with you know putting together the prettiness and the colors and the branding and and putting things out, but not so much nurturing. The relationship, as it, I guess you would call this the funnel, right? The, the, the touch points yes. are are part of what ushers think, uh, ushers, clients, or or sales, or whatever you call them, leads through the funnel as you get to that next point. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, it's people argue with me, but I'll tell you, bro, I've seen some some horribly like from a design spe- uh, aspect, <laughs> horribly designed pages make people tremendous amounts of money, right? I will. People argue with me, and I'm not sorry. I don't think design matters too much. I really don't think it matters too much. If you have a good offer, if you know who you're speaking to, if you talk to the language they resonate with, you can do a lot with that. It's real powerful. So the further I go into the entrepreneurial journey, I'm always amazed and refreshed. It goes, man, the simple stuff is what matters. So you find something that works hmm. for you, just keep doing it. It's going to get normal and boring and predictable. Just keep doing what works. Why would you? Why would you strip from that? So, yeah. it's interesting.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about the mechanics of this. So, you know, we're talking about a relationship and and kind of touching that relationship with touch points. You know, what is what is the kind of uh, you know mechanically? How do we do that? I mean, is it just you know, okay, someone hit my Instagram account, and I make sure I call them twice a week until they invest or something like that? I mean, well, what's the right way to even talk about doing this? You know?
1: Yeah. So, from that example, I mean, if if somebody's finding you on social media, ideally. You want to get them into your list somehow. So you're going to have to exchange value for their information. Uh, I'm going to tell you, so many people in this industry think the ebook is value. I'm not saying they can't be valuable, but everybody's doing it. Right. Everybody's doing it. So a lead magnet might be the right choice. Something different than that. But uh getting people onto your list and then, you know, having the opportunity to give them more value than they anticipate. And then, you know, hopefully that leads to a phone call and get people on a call and going through that. So You got to have some different options for them to opt in something on your website. Uh, I like video lead magnets. I think video is very powerful, different. People can feel you out real quick. I think this guy knows what he's talking about. He seems to believe himself. He's given me the information I was looking for in a very digestible, quick way. Uh, I tell people all the time, video is one of the easiest ways to build a valuable lead magnet. But lead magnet, again, is just exchanging value for their information. Generally it's first name and email. In my world, it's first name, email, cell phone, not Mm. because of columns, because I demand to use two way text. So if you don't want to give me a number, you're not getting my list. That's fine.
0: Yeah, fair enough. That's good stuff. And so if we envision, you know, social media and I don't know, newsletters and and all the things that we put out, maybe, maybe that's adequate to be our net, if you will. So once we get a lead caught in the net, what, you know, we're talking about touch points and all this kind of stuff. What needs to happen in your world and how do you kind of track this? Is there a system out there we can use for it, you know, to get that lead that has been caught in my net, you know, yeah. all the way through the the paradigm that is the sales funnel until we can get them to the point to where they, you know, are are closed. Whatever that means for you as, as a as, as a real estate investor, whatever closed means, how do we get them there? What does that system look like? Let's kind of go that road a little bit.
1: Sure. So I'm an active campaign guy. If you've ever heard of me, you might know that, but we're active campaign specific. We love it for the CRM function. We love it for the marketing automation. So it's a powerful tool. It's reasonably user-friendly. They just rolled over to a new version. It's been hell for me and my team. But this morning we were all just fried with stress, but we've we've got everything worked out and figured out. So we're good. But it, it's, the updates are good. It's going to be, it's going to keep going and be great. But Active Campaign is the tool we use. You know, you get people on your list. And then we use a series of emails and two-way texts, like I said before, deliver value, welcome people to our world. Uh, and in that time when we're kind of welcoming them to our world, we don't do any selling. We don't ask them to get on a call, but after that point, we do. So uh, we give people a chance to kind of feel us out and see what, what we're all about before we go to that next level. And then once they move through that, let's say somebody gets into that and they don't book a call all roads need to the lead of the newsletter list. Okay. And that's why it's critical that you're sending out regular campaigns, you know, once a month at minimum, two or three times a month, or even weekly is better. And then it gives people a chance to consume your content. It could be your podcast. It could be your local meetup. It could be a variety of things, but you'll be surprised over time. People will kind of raise their hand and you'll say, Oh, this person's actually been opening our email for two years. That's kind of cool. So it may not happen right away It may not happen with the first pass but having a just a plan in place and the kind of the uh the automations in place to help do that is definitely worth your time to do. You know i always say that if back into your sales funnel what we're talking about what happens after the opt in if this doesn't choke out your capital raising scalability now it will so it's unavoidable it will become a bottleneck for you so i encourage people to address it up front address it now Instead of waiting, this idea, I'm going to wait till it's choking me then try to fix it. Do what you yeah. want, but it really
0: doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you know? Yeah, that makes perfect sense, actually, the way you said that. So let's go, let's go technical for a second. You know, and I'm going to kind of raise something that I, I've talked about with, with other operators and other companies that are growing. Sure. You know, if, um, and I think we even wrestled with this at one point also you have if we're using something like an active campaign to manage our mm-hmm. touch points and our two way texts and kind of the the value exchange as we're developing that relationship on a somewhat automated basis, I would assume the end goal of that like you mentioned, all roads lead to the newsletter or something that's a a periodic publication, whether it's a YouTube mm-hmm. channel or something like that to where they can, they see you often, but they should also lead to you know an opportunity to start making offers and closing deals and things of that sort and so in your mind, I mean, in the real estate world, especially in the in the syndication world, there's a lot of investor portals out there that are used, right? And th- and those oh, are yeah. they kind of double as a CRM. They're not usually very good at being a CRM, but their whole purpose is to manage the investment, send distributions, and a whole lot of other stuff that I'm sure Active Campaign has no interest in doing. But at some point, do you kind of deviate them to? You know, to that portal as a way to get start getting in front of offers, or do you have them opt in that way? Is that the the newsletter at the end of the way? Like, how do you connect the two together? Because once you get through yeah. the active campaign pipeline, you know, at some point you have to get to the point where you're starting to make an offer. If that makes sense, so so hey, what's the right time for that? You know,
1: yeah, So a really good question. Um, I look at the portal because, like I said, I'm an LP in a deal, so I see the the updates and everything from our property. The portal is really for transactional communication, right? Active campaign if used right is really more of keeping the the human elements, the communication going, right? It's the ongoing conversation, the ongoing relationship. So um, there's different ways people come in. So let's get a contact option to your lead magnet. You've got free, free videos, teaching them why, you know, investing in your asset class of choice and your market of choice is what they should be considering. Um, Let's say they do that and they jump on a call with you and you're kind of talking to them, not deal specific, but like, hey, this is how we roll. Do you think you want to know about our next deal? They may jump off that call and go sign up for your portal and be positioned for that next deal. So in that way they started an active campaign. They got the portal, but they're still going to get newsletters and deal announcements through active campaign. Anything else you've got going on, maybe you've got a podcast, maybe you've got a course or some other stuff going on that overlaps as well. Uh, another thing is some people may go to the website and go straight to the portal, right? Never opt into the email or newsletter or something like that. They may get popped into an active campaign and just go straight to the newsletter list. So uh, I guess the end result's kind of the same, but the journey's vary. And what's neat about people online is you may plan out what you think the customer journey is. And if you pay attention, you will find that people leapfrog and make their own ways to get places. It's always surprising. Some people will go on my radar opting in to freaking everything I have in one day, hit me up on all social in one day, then buy it. I'm like, whoa, that happened in the past, whoa. You know, and other people may take a couple of years. So um, the, the
0: interesting thing about human psychology and marketing is you just never know what people do.
1: Hopefully that answers your
0: question. Yeah, I think it does. I and mean, I think what you're mentioning there is, you know, look, th- there's there's kind of, once you condition a lead through, you know, the the touch points and, and they're kind of in a, they become in a mode ready to buy. In our world, that means, okay let's get them into the buying system and that is the portal where transactions happen and and so so then it becomes a dual track right they're still receiving the periodic yeah. you know touch points and things of that sort from active campaign but then you you've conditioned them enough where and somehow provided a call to action where they can hop into the other parallel path that is the the actual sales funnel so i guess if i if i may i'm going to venture a dangerous analogy you know I think everything we just talked about, in the, and this is from a non-sales and marketing guy, right? Everything we just talked about is the, is the marketing funnel, right? And then once they go through the marketing funnel and the conditioning and the touch points and the value exchange, then and only then, likely, depending on if people jump touch points like you just mentioned, but then and only then are, by design, are they ready for the sales pipeline? And then they hop into that. So if, if I can venture the analogy... Active campaign would be the marketing funnel and, you know, portal A, let's call it, you know, uh, syndication pro or juniper square, that would be the sales pipeline that they have opted into at that point.
1: You've got it, my friend. And, and it's a mistake when people are like, oh, I want to use Invest next or whatever. Syndication pro, I want to use that for everything. Good luck. Cause the two platforms yeah. aren't meant to replace each other. They work great side by side, but yeah, you know, it's like you wouldn't put a, you know, I can't even think of a horrible analogy. Um, I'll give you a really bad analogy. You wouldn't go to your doctor and ask him uh, advice on what color you should paint your bedroom. It's just a horrible idea. So trying to use uh, active campaign as a portal or a portal as a marketing automation tool.
0: Yeah, I love that. That, that was a pretty bad analogy. We'll go with that. <laughs> You know, and by the way, listeners, I, I also, uh, I can't wait for Carmen to go listen to this episode because her husband basically just said, hey, I, I didn't love her in the beginning. I had to get to know her first. <laughs> <laughs> she'll hit him for that later it's okay anyway so so this is good stuff and so i think you know any any parting thoughts on before we get to our quattro questions by the way not off the hook yet but any parting thoughts on you know how we as real estate investors just don't think about this properly i mean it, it's a problem we all have but we've covered yeah. a lot about the, the marketing pipeline going to the sales pipeline just give me one other thing you see us do atrociously wrong you know before jason gets involved and makes everything better
1: and so 90, 90% of people I talk to, I say, Hey, what happens after somebody joins your email list? And they say nothing. I say, let me guess. You have nothing to talk about if there's not a deal. And they say, correct. So it's a horrible mistake, right? I'm a big action taker just in general. So I always tell people it's better to be doing something, even at a C minus level, than be doing nothing and thinking about it. If it was an A, like take action, make the effort, stop making excuses. Because if you have somebody join your list and you don't talk to them for six months. You've already lost, it. you already wasted that opportunity. So yeah. that's one thing I would say. And then something else just unrelated, but I, I just really want to plug it here is two-way text is so powerful for people in this space. And what that means is if I send you an automated text and you respond, I get it back, right? It hits an app and we can talk. People will talk to you in text. You will never open email. People will share concerns and hangups. They'll never tell you how to call. It is the most powerful piece of marketing automation I've ever used. It's added hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands to my personal income, and it's fun, and it's easy, and it's easy to set up. Uh, it's great for capital raises. It's great for trying to get new potential investors on a call. And I just talk about it all the time because people hear me, they just ignore me, and I'm like, okay, continue to do what you're doing and missing opportunities, but it's really
0: something worth paying attention. That is a huge nugget, and I think a lot of people avoid it for different reasons, but uh, that's probably the best insight on two-way text that I've ever had. So, thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Okay. All right. Well, before we go, Jason, I got to get into the quattro questions, and yes, there are four. Yes, it is a pun, so we'll just go with that. But are you ready? I was born ready, my friend. I love it. I love it. All right. First question. First question. We'll see if he remembers what he put on his questionnaire. First question. What is your superpower in this industry, and how do you use it?
1: Oh boy. I'm not even sure I'm the one that answered the question. So I'm just going to give you what comes to mind. So my superpower is uh, connecting with people and speaking a language they understand. You know, a lot of people will call me a marketer. I'll say I'm actually in the education business. I just happen to teach capital raising or teach uh, active campaign to capital raisers. So my challenge is how do I explain this in a different way or a better way so people understand?
0: All right, we'll give his assistant an A plus. His assistant knows him well, and put that as his answer. So very good. (laughs) Nice. All right, let's go the other direction, Jason. What What is your? uh, You know, we we talk about a lot of really cool things on the show, but give me some dirt. What is your biggest failure to date, life or business? Your choice. And what did you learn from it?
1: So the first time I quit corporate America, the mistake I made was I got real cocky and I I put timelines on stuff that I couldn't possibly know. So had some money in the bank, got my wife on board, and start this company selling magazines, neighborhood magazines. Uh, quit my job, went out and bought a new infinity the next day after I quit. Told all my family, my friends, my neighbor, it was great success. And I was making about eighty thousand bucks a year at the time. And I said, I'll recover that monthly that monthly rate within two or three months. I never got the magazine to print. I made no money. I was out of money in two months. And I had to actually ask a family member to buy me groceries for six months because I got us in such a bad spot financially. Uh, my kids were pissed. My wife was pissed. My friends and neighbors were making fun of me and they're like, you're an idiot. And out of that deep failure, okay, rose up this, uh, this focus that I'm going to prove them all wrong. I'm not going to argue with them. I'm going to prove them wrong with success. And I'm not going to tell them I'm successful. We'll let them figure it out. And I've done that. We're going to keep going. So there's my biggest failure what rose up out of it was an absolute animal that nobody wants to try to stop. I wouldn't want to try to stop me.
0: Sounds like a phoenix rising from the ashes right there, but it, it uh, certainly spawned motivation. I love it. Thank you for that, Jason. Yep. Good deal. Good deal. And, you know, it sounds like you have a book that you've put out there. Tell us a little bit about that, where we can find it.
1: Yeah. So I put out a book, man, it's been, uh, been quite a long time ago. Is it bad? I can't even think of the name of it right now. <laughs> my mind's Um, My book is on. Uh, it's on Amazon. It is a mindset and motivation book. It's not specific to marketing or capital raising or anything like that. I, I can't even think of the name of it.
0: You know, for the Just guy who has forgotten more about marketing than we will ever know, including the title of his book, "The Backwards Route to Forward Success: Seven Solutions for Crushing Fear, Self Doubt, and Limiting Beliefs." That's why you can't remember. the, it's backward, form the, title, the backwards route to
1: forward. Yeah. The right forward progress actually. So we may have had a typo there, but that's what it is. It is, uh, you know, like 120 pages. It's real consumable in an hour or two, but it's a a great book with actionable steps on taking action. One thing I'm really good at a lot of thing, a thing that a lot of people struggle with. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Yep. And get that on Amazon folks. Sounds like a dynamite read. And last question, I think we're going to have some interested people and uh, active campaign and, and marketing funnels after this, after this podcast drops. So, What's the best way to get in touch with you? Where can we find you? And, uh, you know, if we want to maybe reach out and be a client, how do we do it? Yep. Go to intentionallyinspirational.com and you will have everything you possibly want to know right there. And guys, be critical if his sales and marketing funnel is not on point. If you don't feel like you're getting touch points and loved, I mean, you know, it it better be the best one out there, right? So (laughs) from the genius himself. Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the phone. I, I appreciate the call. This is a topic that honestly I don't think we talk about enough in real estate. And, you know, we we think we're buying buildings, but really we are in the people business and people need to you be are. nurtured. So those who realize it will succeed, those who don't will run out of money at some point. So absolutely. Anyway, all right, everyone, this has been another episode of the Real Estate Runway podcast. Until next time, over and out. All right friends, don't forget if you got any value out of this show, please scroll down, leave us that five-star review and thoughtful comment. We so appreciate you. I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Jason Wright. It was a fantastic walk through the marketing funnel and and the whole idea of how you really have to nurture your leads as a relationship, you know. If you if you find someone on your list six months ago, and then you try to make an offer to them, they're probably not gonna come and uh, show up to the table because they don't know you. They have to get to know you, like you, and trust you, okay? So check us out, thequattroway.com, or on the social media, Team Quattro Capital, one word, no special characters. Until next time, this has been the Real Estate Runway Podcast, over and We hope this episode was insightful and brought value to your day. If so, please be awesome and leave us a five-star review. Find out how Team Quattro can help you at thequatroway.com. Until next time, this is the Real Estate Runway Podcast.